You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 362. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 362. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. So ready for the audience, people. Well, I, I'm ready. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. You've been kind of oh, thanks, babe. I'm of, just I'm just here for the people. You are. You're here to be the yeah. voice of the people. Here to be the voice. If of the I people. get too jargony in the coach, <laughs> that's right. Then yeah, coach world. Have you break it down? That's right. Mm-hmm. So thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule today to. It's hey, been a busy day, yeah. You, but this is this is the highlight of my day. You are lying. I'm not. You like it? I do. I love doing the podcast. Why do you think I don't? I I guess I just always had the perspective of it was like a a really generous thing you did for me because there's literally no one else in the house to be my sidekick. (laughs) And I needed a sidekick. Well, it started that way, but I've really grown accustomed to this time. I love it. Oh, baby. I do. That makes me happy. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we have- (laughs) Now that Amy's happy. Now that, yeah, happy wife, happy life. (laughs) Well, we have a really awesome topic today around self-acceptance. Aha. And this is really about loving who you are when you don't love your circumstance. So for many of us, if we haven't achieved what we want in our career or our work life, we feel like we're not valuable, like we're not enough, or I can't possibly accept myself. And we're going to unpack that a little bit today. Or if it's something where you want to get in shape and you you know aren't happy with where you are health-wise or weight-wise or something like that, hmm. usually we collapse the meaning of those two things and we go, okay, well, I can't possibly love myself or accept myself until I attain that goal. Oh, uh, yeah. So we're going to dig into why that is is not really very helpful to actually attaining the goal and some action steps for you, of course, as always. So be sure to have a pen and paper available because there's going to be things for you to get into action around. But I think that we should probably, since we spent a lot of time workshopping. With it, this one uh, took some time to develop. It, we, yeah. In a little segment we like to call. Would you rather? Yes. And today's Would You Rather is, would you rather be a professional chocolate tasting consultant? Oh, shit. Right. Or a professional fortune cookie writer. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some pros and cons to discuss, Mm -hmm. right? So I, who doesn't love chocolate? We all love chocolate. Some people are allergic to chocolate. I sound like... Donald Trump right now. Tremendous chocolate. <laughs> it's tremendous chocolate. Some people don't like chocolate, but, but I like chocolate. But there's good chocolate on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so chocolate's amazing, but would it be amazing if that was your job? You'd probably get a little tired of it, right? Like, I wonder if it would ruin it for yeah. you. Well, think of it like this. Like wine connoisseurs love wine. They Do like they? tasting the nuances, and, but I'm sure that it gets kind of old, right? 
Uh, or like you'd really have to flex some creativity to come up to be a fortune cookie writer, right? It would have to flex your creativity a bit. But that's so fun. Like that yeah. I- idea. I have some examples of how fun it is. Oh, you, you do? Mm-hmm. Way to do your re- research. <laughs> you will be hungry again in one hour. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine be like. <laughs> no, it's like after Chinese food, it's like. Oh, yeah. You you eat it and you're full and then an hour later you're hungry again. But think about – have you seen those funny memes about quarantine when people are like, the most exercise I get is going back and forth to the refrigerator to get snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's a really good one. Okay. The early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Wait. Because it gets in a trap. Oh, right? I, I, how sad. I wasn't even, right? I was like, how? You don't want to be the first mouse. Doesn't the first you mouse just the get mouse. the cheese? I yeah. didn't you lose even... a buddy, but you get the cheese. <laughs> there was no, there was no <laughs> trap in my visual. I, well, I had to think about, I'm like, okay, second mouse gets the cheese. Oh, a trap. Can you imagine how disappointing that would be to get that fortune cookie? <laughs> Like, what is this nonsense? Who wrote this? this I'm going to contact the writer. Can I at least you. can I at least get some lucky numbers on here? <laughs> Those are on the back, Amy. Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay. Okay, one more. <laughs> a foolish man listens to his heart. A wise man listens to cookies. Uh-oh. Mm. One more, one more, one oh, more. Oh, okay. Because this one will kind of like tie in. No, sl- no snowflake in an avalanche ever feels responsible. Huh. Think about that for a minute. That's pretty heavy. Right? Avalanches are heavy. How about I just came up with one? You did? What is it? Raisins are strategically neglected grapes. <laughs> See, okay. But that's, I guess it's not a fortune. None of it is a fortune. Stop calling it a fortune cookie. It's a compliment cookie. It's or it's a random statement. Just a random statement cookie. <laughs> it's a random statement. Excuse me. Can I get another random statement cookie, please? <laughs> Uh, now, now that you're done with your meal, here, you know what? Take a couple extra random statement cookies. <laughs> you look like you need a compliment cookie. Here, yeah. You, here you go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> here you go for when here you, you need a compliment or for when you need a random, <laughs> a random Crack statement. in emergency. <laughs> well, it's funny because we don't, you usually don't tell me your would you rathers. The, uh, you hear them on air, yeah. yeah. This one we had to workshop a little bit. We had to. I wasn't workshop. happy with the one I had. That's right. So usually, because I like to have my natural response mm-hmm. of like, "Oh, that's hard." Okay, well, I think I would actually take the fortune cookie writing. It sounds like a lot of fun, but so does chocolate tasting. I mean, that's your job. I don't Come trust. On. I don't trust my metabolism. <laughs> like with. <laughs> that is a great way to say you would. You feel like you would get fat. I do. I don't trust my metabolism is a great way to say that. <laughs> Which I'm going to say that from now on. I, I, I don't trust my metabolism. I don't trust my metabolism around <laughs> that. Well, because like fat has become such a bad word in our society sure. and all like fat shaming. And I feel like there are – we don't need to be looking at being fat as the worst thing that we could be. And we kind of look at that in our society in that way. So I'm hesitant to say things to anchor in that belief of like, whatever we do, don't be fat. Anyway, I digress. I pick fortune cookie writing. What do you pick? Ooh, boy, that's a tough call because I love chocolate and I love cookies. (laughs) (laughs) But do you like random statement cookies? I like random statement cookies. I like compliment cookies the best. 
But if that was your job, that's what you're doing all day long, I think I'd rather be creative. I'm in. You're in? You convinced me. I did? Okay. I'm a, I'm a cookie writer now. All right. Uh, I like random statement cookie. Random statement cookie writer. That's what I'm <laughs> so, gonna say. That's what you say at dinner parties. What do you do for a living? I write random cookie statements. Yeah. So I mean, here's one. <laughs> so I would love to hear what you would rather, and we talk about it every single week over in our Facebook community, which is called After Hours. After hours. <clears throat> wow. Missed it. Missed trying, my cue. Trying to give you a little. <clears throat> I missed my cue. Yeah. The Joy Junkie After Hours Club is our Facebook group, and it is so much fun, and everyone is incredibly supportive of one another. I do bonus trainings every month, and on Mondays, we talk about the Would You Rather, and we kind of debate everybody says why they picked what they picked and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's always fun to hear everyone's reasoning. If you want to come hang out with us, I highly encourage you to do so. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. Redirects you right over to our little corner of Facebook. And it's a really great time. It's not like a lot of other Facebook groups where people are just trying to sell you their protein shakes and bullshit like that. <laughs> I keep I make sure that it's a very no spammy, no selling zone. So we stay focused on supporting each other. So come hang out, thejoyjunkie.com slash club. I'll sell the protein shakes. I will sell the protein shakes. Leave that to me. Okay, Arnold. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right, so let's talk about this idea of self-acceptance. The first thing that I want you to think about is what do you make up that self-acceptance means? Do you you want to answer that? That self-acceptance means – you know, I think for me it's um, what am I leaving behind when I pass – Oh, what's like my, legacy. What's my legacy. That's okay. what self-acceptance is to me is did I leave something on the earth? Really? Yeah. How interesting. I would I would look at that m- more through the lens of other people, you know, the, to me I think of legacy as being like influencing other people. Yeah. But when I think about self-acceptance, I think about my relationship to me more so than my relationship to other people or Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Like if I were to ask you, you know, what what does it mean to you to really truly accept yourself, mm. whether it's in your career or your body or as a man, as somebody who identifies as a man or in a marriage, huh. what does it take to accept who you are? That's a deep question. I think I probably just threw you on the spot a little bit. You blew my mind is what you did. Did I? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> wow. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to take in. I don't know. That's that, I don't know if that's a question you can just like blurt an answer to. Are you going to need to journal it? Yeah, you've got to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need to workshop I'm gonna that I'm going to have one. to write some cookies. So. <laughs> I, need to, I need to journal on that one a little bit. <laughs> so w- it's sort of a an inquiry for everyone to, to pause and think about. But one of the most prevailing themes that I see in my career is this idea that If I accept myself where I'm at right now in whatever category of life feels the most strained for you, then I'm settling for my current circumstance. Mm. And it's a very disempowering perspective around self-acceptance. Yeah. And I think it's really common for people who are recovering perfectionists. Sure. Right? Because we think, oh, if I accept myself how I am now. Well, I'm not I'm not the weight I want. I haven't I haven't accomplished everything I, I am in my 
work. And so the rationale is acceptance equals complacency. If I accept mm-hmm. myself, that must mean I'm going to give up on all my fucking goals. That's kind of, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I think that's why I went to legacy because I'm not done. Right. Yeah. Like do accomplish all of the things. Right, right. To yeah, leave, that's interesting. to check off all the goals, check off all the boxes, which in and of themselves are not at all a problem. But I, this leads me to number two, and this is what I really want you to think about. This is kind of a concept to try on. You do not have to love your circumstance in order to love yourself. So are you going off of deeds or like how do you even quantify acceptance? Acceptance to me is very similar to self-worth that it is very much just a decision. It's a belief that I love and accept who I am now. I value who I am now. I am worthy as I am now. It's sort mm. of like an, uh, an intrinsic value that's separate from all of the things that you want to accomplish. Mm. So, for okay. example, I love myself right now at this weight, at this level of accomplishment, and you know, you know, I've been going through a bunch of stuff with my health. Sure. I've been seeking out some additional like therapy modalities and hypnotherapy. You know, there's things that I really want to work on as a person. I definitely have goals in my career. There's things that I want to change about my health and wellness. But I love myself now. And I think a majority of people, especially if you're not really digging into personal development work, we tether those. And we we yeah. go, I'll be enough when I get my master's or when I when I pass the bar or mm. when I make partner or when I have a baby or what you know, we it would stop kind of if I accept myself right now, if I love myself, that must mean I'm not gonna go after any of my goals. Yeah, you know, it it's hard for me to not go, Oh, well, that's a nice mantra to say, um, that I love myself as I am right now. Yeah. But I don't know how to quantify it. I don't know how to Yes. Just go, oh, well, yeah, I love myself. Like that, that sounds like one of those mantras that we say to ourselves or write on the mirror. Right. Or that it floats around, you know, Instagram and you double tap and move on. Right. And nothing really sinks in. Right. I'm so glad you, you said that. So in any other relationship where you love somebody, how do you know? Like, how does it show up in that relationship? Like with me, how does our love show up? Oh, I don't love you. Oh, shit. (laughs) We were doing so well. Podcast over. Because I can feel that it's reciprocated because I enjoy who you are as a person and what you do. Okay. Um, So those are – that's what I'm saying, like those types of things. Yes. So – And verbally, we are constantly verbally kind to each other. Yeah. And loving to each other. Yes. It's not dissimilar to loving self. Oh, okay. So if you think about being in a loving relationship with yourself, it looks like being kind to yourself, saying really kind things to yourself. Like, for example, if you were going, you know, doing something for your career, I would be incredibly encouraging to you. 
right? right? I would say, go after that, or you've got it, or you're so incredible, or you're amazing. Now, if I'm going for something in my career, to talk to myself that same way, from a lo- just like anyone else I love, mm, that's, that's all, what yeah. it looks like gotcha. to love yourself. So uh, mm. I've used this example before. I'm probably the heaviest I've ever been, I think, or close to it. I don't think so. Oh, you're, oh, well, that's sweet. Yeah. But either way, you know, a little uncomfortable in my body. I never am derogatory towards myself. I never, like if I, if you were telling me I'm struggling with my weight right now, I would never say, yeah, you're looking really gross and (laughs) I'm really unattracted to you. Right. So same thing for me to, to embody a loving relationship with myself. I need to speak to myself as though I am someone I love. Mm -hmm. So when I see myself in the mirror, I will say like, oh, thank you so much for digesting all that food because I have been eating all the things, you know. And but I'm kind of chocolate connoisseur. (laughs) Being very much a chocolate consultant. Somebody's Quarantine gonna answer has, that. Has me. Somebody's gonna answer it on Facebook. Well, I'm already a chocolate consultant, so I'm gonna. So <laughs> I'm already extremely skilled in that arena. <laughs> but that I think that is one of the ways that we can check in. Like when you said, "How do I quantify that?" Is if you were to almost stand outside of yourself, do you have a loving relationship with that person, or are you constantly talking shit to yourself? Yeah. Do you have positive emotions like you like you said? You know there's love because there's reciprocity mm-hmm. because I tell you and because we express that to one another in a in a you know a multitude of different ways. But again, do you carve out time for yourself? Mm-hmm. Do you give yourself time the way you give other relationships time? Do you respect yourself? the way you respect somebody you loved and in a relationship. Yeah, so okay. it's not dissimilar, but okay. that's what it looks like. That makes a lot more sense to me. That definitely makes it clear. I'm really glad you asked that because that wasn't something that I was even planning on talking about, but but it's really important. That's why you're the voice of the people. That's right. Fucking A, babe. That's right. <laughs> so, I told you I was ready. <laughs> you were, and you were not lying. So try on that concept of you do not have to love your circumstance in order to love yourself. Mm. Another way to, and I'm talking about loving yourself as being sort of equivalent or synonymous with self-acceptance, right? Yes, there there's nuances, there's differences, but that's what I'm talking about is you don't have to love this current situation in order to genuinely accept who you are and mm-hmm. believe in yourself, love yourself. Another great metaphor for this, anybody out there who's parents or even if you're not, if you have children in your life in any way, nieces or nephews, you love them and then they scribble all over the fucking walls with markers. <laughs> are you happy about that? Fuck no. Probably not. You're not. And you're probably not excited even in that moment. But you don't stop loving them. You don't stop. You may have some disciplinary action at that moment. There might be some repercussions there. But that doesn't mean the overall relationship isn't loving. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's what I mean for self. So oftentimes what we do is if we haven't accomplished something or we make a mistake or we do something we're not proud of, we make that mean I'm not valuable, I can't love myself, I can't accept myself, I can't 
no, I need to constantly berate myself. I need to make myself pay. Like we're really mean to ourselves. So we don't extend that same relationship courtesy that we do in any other loving relationship. Uh, You're right. You're right. So I want you to recognize that both things can coexist. You can have two opposing uh, emotions around an issue. For example, you can not love your current job and be really grateful that you have one. Mm. Like both of those things can coexist. You can totally love your body and who you are and still want to lose some weight or or get more toned or whatever it might be. So there might be situations where you you think, I could never love myself because of how I look right now. Or mm. I could never love myself because I'm not doing anything to progress my career the way I want. And so you're all wrapped up in your productivity and all of that. Instead of saying, I love who I am now and I'm actively looking for passion in my career. Mm. It's, it's a yes and. It's a both. And most of the time, we th- we kind of do an if this, then that, where we go, if I am this weight, then there's no way I could love myself. Then I'm not lovable or then I'm not acceptable. Instead of saying, yeah, both, both coexist. Mm. I want to create some goals around my body and I love and accept myself now. Man, that is so hard to untether. It really is because we're we're also conditioned yeah. that we are more valuable if we're thin, mm-hmm. if we're successful. successful, yeah, if we're wealthy, if we're all, you know, check yeah. off all the boxes. So by no, you know, fault of our own, we've created that narrative. And that, I mean, that's largely the work that I do in this world is, is unpacking that and mm-hmm. dismantling those things so that they're not collapsed together. Right. Which is... Which is involved, right? Because sure. it's a conscious unlearning is what it really <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we do in my signature program called Deep Down and Dirty. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. But this is really common because most of the time when people come to Deep Down and Dirty, there's one major area that they're struggling in. They're either really unhappy in their relationship and they need to figure out, do I end this? Uh, some people really want to get into a relationship. A lot of times people are struggling somewhere in the area of career, but there's some acute area of their life where they're, they're, the idea is if I could just fix this, if I could just fi- you know figure this out, right. Right. then I'll be happy, then I'll be worthy. And so many people, I see tons of women too, who collapse their worth in what they look like or in what depending on if they're in same-sex really or, you know, what sort of orientation they are, that their partner finds them attractive. As long as I'm attractive to this, to whoever I'm dating, then I must be valuable, then I must be worthy. Mm-hmm. So a wow. lot of a lot of this is a real unlearning. And that's why Deep Down and Dirty is structured the way that it is, where we start by really taking apart all of the disempowering beliefs that are not serving us. Because at the root of all of your, quote, presenting issues, no matter what they are, almost always it is 
in a deep-seated belief of I am not enough. I am not worthy. I'm not deserving. I'm not valuable. We have different semantics for it. But that's usually the essence of it. Interesting. That then, what does that do? If you think you're not deserving, it's likely you settle for partners who treat you like shit. Or if you don't think you're valuable, you think, oh, okay, maybe if I use my body or maybe sex is the answer of getting love, right? Or maybe if I keep climbing up the corporate ladder or I achieve, 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 achieve another a degree, be the best in my business, then I'll somehow be enough. Then I'll be valuable. But it's rooted externally instead of internally. That totally makes sense to me now. Yeah? Yeah. That's incredible. Well, I'm glad you stuck around so you, so you could hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it took me 367 episodes. <laughs> 62, Is I it think. 62? 62. Uh, yeah. Whatever. In the 300s. Yeah, yeah. So many, too many to count. But really giving yourself that permission and understanding that those t- things can coexist. And before I get off my soapbox about deep down and dirty, if that is something that you really want to shift, if you struggle with things like chronic overachieving to the point where you are sacrificing self and have such a tight grip on control or the need to be perfect or you're highly invested in the opinions of other people or you're plagued with self-doubt. All of those are kind of like surface symptoms of the deeper issue of who you are in relationship to yourself. Like, do you love you? Do Mm. you think that you are enough, that you are worthy? And let me tell you, I've seen hundreds of women do it. We can flip that that script completely. I've done it myself. So, I, I mean, you know, you used to tell me all the time, gosh, you're the only one in your way. Yeah. yeah. You used to tell me I that tell years ago. That too. Or, <laughs> you know, that you would never speak to yourself the way you speak to everybody else. Or, you know, you're so hard on yourself. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, you don't know. You don't know. Because it was real. That was my truth. My truth was I was damaged. My truth was I wasn't enough. Yeah. The truth was I was always coming up short. And I remember one time I got a promotion. This is when I was working in cosmetics. And I got a promotion and I said, I'm so, so happy about this. And you said, for right now. And mm. and I realized, I, you know, kind of in that moment, I think at, at the moment you were trying to be really encouraging and kind of saying, like, you're always striving for more and more and more. But that's the cycle that a lot of people get themselves into is the chase for something. Uh-huh. And then once it's achieved, because you're not rooted in your own self-worth, it's like got to gotta create something else to go after. Got to uh, – well, this sure as fuck didn't make me happy, so I guess it's another degree or another promotion or another yeah. whatever. yeah. And we wonder why we're not happy. So if any of that sounds familiar to you and you're like, holy shit, yes, and I cannot keep going down this path, then I would really encourage you to watch the free masterclass that I've created. You can go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And I talk about five major shifts that you have to make in order to get you to that place where you genuinely feel like you are enough. And I go into depth around how our subconscious is different than our conscious, about why affirmations don't work. But it gives you a big a big clue in about deep down and dirty and how I operate. And then at the very end of the workshop, 
if you want to go deeper, there's an opportunity to talk to a member of my team where you can have a complimentary session and just look at is Deep Down and Dirty the best solution for me? But your first place to start is watching that masterclass, that workshop, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. 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 All right. So we've got number one, check in with yourself. What do you make up self-acceptance means? Number two, just try on this new idea of you do not have to love your circumstance in order to love yourself. And allowing both things to exist, desires and goals and self-acceptance. Like what would you have to do? What would you have to say to yourself to engage with yourself the way you engage with other people you love? Hmm. All right. Number three, hmm. where do you try to motivate change by being an ass to yourself? <laughs> So we know, I mean, anyone who's grown up with really strict religious dogma, we know that guilt, fear, malice, all sorts of really shitty behavior can be very, very motivating. Some of you may have even had parents who motivated you through really uncomfortable means. So yes, it gets you into action. Yes, it does get you to accomplish certain goals. But you hate everything along the way. Oh, yeah. That's the problem. And that's also the beauty of accepting yourself now, of loving yourself now is, and again, this is what we do in Deep Down and Dirty and where people come out the other end going, holy shit, I never knew I could love who I am. I never mm -hmm. knew I am genuinely enough and I'm able to say I am enough. I mean, it's, it's so incredible to watch. I think um, for, when you first go in, I am enough doesn't have a weight to it. It has a weight, but it's a different weight. When you start actually believing it, yes, then I am enough has a whole different meaning. And that is one of the things that I hear all mm -hmm. the time where people say, I get it. I like the idea of that. I right, like right. the idea of really being able to say that. Right. But it feels like such a pipe dream. It feels like there's no way. It's with, a mantra on the mirror. Right? Exactly. Right. How I feel about who I am now. That's my memoir, Mantra on a Mirror. Okay. That sounds great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So notice those places where you try to motivate change by being really mean to yourself, by beating yourself up into health regimens or beating yourself up for a work project, like just talking shit to yourself to try to be a better partner or be a better parent. That never gets you to the place where you want to be in a happy, fulfilled manner. That's mm -hmm. the big difference. You might achieve the goal, but the same way you motivate anybody else, like if you're really a bully to your partner, let's say, like, please just fucking take out the trash and, you know, and you're really mean to them, they may do it, but is the relationship going to be healthier? No, probably not. Hell no. The other thing that people don't... But the trash got out, so who cares? Well, that's not the point. <laughs> don't ruin this for me, Mr. Smith. Jesus. But I think a lot of people think, I have to do that. And they also have a track record of doing that. Well, I that's how I got through grad school. Mm -hmm. Was talking shit to myself about how I was never good enough or whatever. And So it's been the method that right. we've used for so it's long. vehicle, right. Right. So sometimes... That needs to be completely changed and altered. Mm -hmm. Just grieving the old 
defense mechanism. Yeah. But what people don't realize is, you know, they think, okay, if I really do love myself, that I'm just going to be totally complacent. I'm not going to want to go after anything. I'm going to let myself go. I'm not going to care about any of my goals. And I think it's actually the opposite. When I really became so loving to myself and felt as though I really was enough, I was like, there's nothing I can't do, mm-hmm. right? And yes, you have hiccups. Yes, you have up and downs. And But you know how to contend with them. That's a big, big difference. But you have fun and happiness and fulfillment now. I don't have to wait to get to that accomplishment to have any little snippet of joy. I get to love who I am now. And then I get to enjoy the journey all the way through to that goal. Mm. Right? Do you think that uh, people think when you say I am good enough that that means that that's good enough? Like, is there a tie to is, – is that why people think that they'll be complacent? Because they think, well, good enough isn't perfect. Good enough isn't excellent. I think – even though the semantics are the same, I think people use them in different contexts. So I think in when people talk about, like, a personal development belief about themselves, uh-huh. they most oftentimes will say, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. Now, that's different than doing a project – and saying that's good enough. That's, that's good enough. Right. It's Even though the words are the same, I know it can be kind of confusing. I'm glad you no, asked no, that. No, no. I'm, I'm just curious if maybe there was a tie there, but apparently there isn't. I don't, I don't think so. I think we use kind of how we say we use uh, like sick can mean different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, right, right. <laughs> or radical. Like what the kids say, like fresh. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> <But> dope. <laughs> I mean, those are so 90s of us. <laughs> like what – what are the things they're saying now? I I know that well, it doesn't matter. We don't it need to. Matter. We don't need. Who cares? We don't need to burn, uh, burn no. a bear time with that. <laughs> yeah, who cares? All right. So number three is where do you try to motivate change by being an ass to yourself? So look at these areas. Is it your parenting? Is it relationships? Is it your body? Is it your work? Mm. Is it sometimes it's dealing with your future or your past? Sometimes it's familial relationships, but usually we think being malicious to ourselves is how we're going to stay in momentum. And that's actually a bold face lie. Okay. You can, and I do it all the time and I've seen it happen, you know, myriad of times where people are loving and kind to themselves and keep moving forward, keep having goals, keep accomplishing things. But the difference is you actually like yourself during the whole process. You're actually fulfilled and happy now instead of waiting till you get to that that accomplishment and then still not really allowing yourself to experience joy. Mm-hmm. All right. So then number four is going to be to choose your biggest trigger area. So of all of those places where you're like, oh, yeah, it's my body or it's – yeah, it's my health for sure. I'm super mean to myself. Choose your biggest trigger area. I want you to just focus in on one. And then number five is to separate how you feel about yourself from the goal you want to achieve. So this is where we're going to come in with some personal self-talk. And one of the things that I think is important to consider with self-talk is matching the intensity. So if the intensity of your negative self-talk, of your negative inner critic – 
is a sass pants, then your positive self-talk needs to be equally as intense, right? So saying okay. something like, I, I mean, I've I've had students who I've told them, tell your tell your inner critic, like, all right, yeah, that real nice, like kind of matching yeah, it. That's with, helpful. Yeah, super helpful there. Why don't you just pipe <laughs> down, you know, where you kind of match the intensity because if you try to do something that's super flowery, like, no, I just want to believe that I'm enough in this world and your inner critic is just like vile, then it's likely that in order to contest that or to be strong, like that, you have to come up with something that packs some punch or that's really powerful that's not going to get eaten alive by your inner critic. So it's okay to sort of have that authentic voice or, you know, your higher power, your highest self, whatever you want to call it, to to be as bold mm. and assertive as your inner critic is. So I would encourage you to find maybe an and statement for you. So for example, if it's around your body, maybe it's something like, and you would start with, you you want to start with the portion that is the negative. The right? inner critic's voice. Right. You start with the negative and say, even though I'm not thrilled about my weight right now, and it's better if you use softer language in the first part, like instead of saying, even though I fucking hate my body. Obviously, that's really intense language. Sure. But if you say, even though I'm not completely thrilled or not fully settled with the weight that I'm at, softer, right? Even though I still love and accept myself or I deeply love and accept myself, something like that. Or if it's an and statement, it would be phrased, I'm not completely thrilled with my weight at the moment and... I deeply and completely love and accept myself. It's allowing okay. both things to coexist. Mm -hmm. So you're acknowledging I love myself now, the same way you love your kid, even if they scribble on the wall. Mm -hmm. But there's also this other, I don't like the scribbling. I notice that you use that in conversation too. If someone says something, then you're like, and da 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 da. I like do. Come on, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a theater thing. Like it's a in improv. It's an improv thing. Yeah. yeah like in improv, it's. When people are performing with you, because it's improvisation, you can't say no to somebody right? because it shuts down the whole scene because they were coming in ready to, you know. So the whole etiquette is to always go, yes, and, you know, so. <laughs> but I also think many times in our minds we collapse things as truth. Like, well, if that person doesn't love me, then I'm not lovable. Yeah. Instead right. of going, oh, no, no, those don't have to be collapsed together. It can be that person doesn't love me. That situation. That hurts. Right. And I love and accept myself. My relationship with self. And yeah. I am lovable mm -hmm. by virtue of deciding that myself. And that's another common belief that people change in working with me in Deep Down and Dirty. I want you to come up with... A statement that you want to say. So this is like love language. Like if you were thinking about speaking kindly to your child, speaking kindly to your partner, speaking kindly to yourself. This is how we foster a loving relationship. How are you respecting yourself? All of those things we were talking about earlier. And coming up with something that you can say that you believe in, that you actually can say now. Hmm. 
So if you aren't at the place where you can say, I love and accept myself or I deeply and completely love and accept myself, to say something like, I'm exploring what loving myself looks like or I'm learning how to love my body. Something that's sort of that progressive language, I've talked about that a lot on the show, where you might not be able to say definitively, I'm there, I love myself, but let's say I'm learning how or I'm exploring what it looks like to something like that. Okay. So creating that mantra for yourself and then using it, y'all, you have to use it. So start crafting something, an and statement, again, the beginning portion less intense. So it might sound something like this. I don't, I'm not super content with where I'm at in my career. Hmm. And I'm learning to love who I am. And I'm learning to accept who I am. Okay. And I'm exploring what self-acceptance looks like. Something like that. Okay. But softer language in the first part, more definitive, affirmative language in the second part making sure you're ending with the positive. All right, so like qu- quick little recap. So that that's the what does it really look like, right? You know, when you were saying like how do we take this off of a meme or off of just a nice concept? Yeah. That's part of it. It's yeah. actually using it and it's using it in the face of the triggers. Gotcha. So with the example I was telling you about earlier, I'm now to a point where I'm pretty kind to my body, but even even if I'm not happy with the current state, I'm still pretty consistently kind to it. But my triggers are usually seeing myself in a mirror. Like that's that's one of the triggers. So then I know that's when you send in that self-talk. That's uh. when you use it. So you have to actually implement. I call that field work. It's not just consuming the information listening right now. You've got to hit the motherfucking mat. Right. You have to create that action. All right. Quick recap. Number one, what what do you make up self-acceptance means? Dig into that a little bit. Would be a good idea to journal around. Number two, try on this new concept of you do not have to love your circumstance in order to love yourself. Phrased in the positive is you can, can not enjoy your current circumstance and still love yourself. So if you wanted to phrase it more in a positive. Okay. Uh, Number three, where do you try to motivate change by being an ass to yourself? What is what's happening for you in that way when you're trying to get yourself into action? Number Number four, choose your biggest trigger area, nail down where it hurts the most, where you're the most mean. And then number five, start crafting this new statement that you want to use to use with yourself around that trigger and sep- to better help you separate how you feel about yourself from the goal you want to achieve, untangling those two things through your self-talk. Mm-hmm. So that is what I've got for y'all. Any other little pieces you wanted to throw in? I thought you did awesome. Yeah, I think I've express myself as the voice of the people quite well today. <laughs> so I'm going to retire on that note. Well, I'm going to give you a positive sentiment cookie. Are you going to give me a warm fuzzy? I, oh, yes. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get a warm fuzzy. Yay. Yay. That's exciting. <laughs> yes. Yay. That's awesome. That's some positive self-talk right there. That's right. I just got myself a warm fuzzy. That's right. You, yeah, and so you can say to yourself, I am deserving of a warm. 
<laughs> I deserve all the warm fuzzies. All right. So I'm hoping this has been helpful for all of you out there listening. And if you want to dig deeper and you haven't cut that workshop yet, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And it'll be in the show notes as well. And other than that, we hope to see you in the After Hours group. And we'll be right back here in one week's time. So we'll see you around these parts next week. I guess I kind of already said that. <laughs> Here's to, I forget my sign off. Here's Here's to to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out! (laughs) 